All right, Steph, you're back. I'm back. So tell me. Um, from the dead. From the dead. I'm still dead. Still dead. <laughs> yes, but I'm alive at this point. But that's time. a whole, that's like a big yeah. conversation. Yeah. Because. I exist and don't exist at the same time, and I'm hallucinating you. And that's the matrix. And that's exactly, that is the matrix. And we're going to have to talk about and that. We're what all that collectively hallucinating. <laughs> so we're going to have to talk about that. What, the, what does that mean? Most of us don't know i'm still not sure you're so. still not sure neither am i you can't be sure about anything and that's when you say that that is the truth and i am right and all of that that means there's an ego present okay that means that the ego is present of thinking of i i i me 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 when there is no i it's only an illusion of the self there's only mm. collective consciousness and it's infinite reincarnations of the source all living at the same time Mm -hmm. So, for example, I already lived through you and you already lived through me. And I'm talking at it from a point of God consciousness. And this consciousness is who we are. That's, I mean, it's the best way that I can explain it. Now, there's mm -hmm. a difference between having that knowledge and that experience. I mean, I'm sorry. It's a difference between having that knowledge and that information than to actually come into the aha, the epiphany, the awareness of it. Of being mm -hmm. like, okay, now I understand. And the only way that you can understand that is through getting to very high levels of consciousness. And the way that I would recommend to do it for starters is through meditation. And mm -hmm. when I say meditation is a lot of people go into meditation with one goal in mind. And this goal is usually um, saying, for example, I want to find the, the solution to, to, this, uh, to this answer. I want to get to know a little bit more about myself. I want to raise my energy. I want to raise my chakras. However, when you truly get into enlightenment, what you want to achieve, I, and we'll get into that a little bit um, later, but um, I've reached a point, especially last year, where when I meditated, automatically, boom, I went into no thought. No sound, mm. no thought, no nothing. I don't know if you've ever reached that point in meditation. Mm -hmm. You have. Well, actually, I mean, I would, for myself personally, I think I'm actually, and tell, you can tell me if I'm wrong or what you think. Okay. But I tell people a lot of time, I actually don't think very much, you know? In, I, in real life in or real in life, meditation? In real life, like even right now. That's I'm, a blessing. Yeah, I'm like, that is there's, a blessing. there's really maybe there's a few thoughts happening but and there's not too many thoughts happening like i'm very i don't want to use the word present like it's not i'm just like i'm okay with what's happening now so i'm not like thinking all these thoughts trying to get away from it now and yeah yeah just really quick before you continue were you always like that no definitely not and I did, I do, I still do meditate sometimes. I used to meditate a lot, but I'd say just naturally now, I am very thoughtless unless I'm like strategizing. You know what I mean? Like if it's like something for business, then I'm like, okay, I need to think. So you, now yeah. your mind is not using you. You are using your mind. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I like I like that. <laughs> There's a quote right there. Yes. Yeah. So tweet that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so precisely, and I got into that state last year. Okay. Um, I've been meditating for two years, roughly. Um, I would say yeah, like two years, two two and a half. Okay. 
Um, and I got to the point where as soon as I would fall asleep or not, not fall, well, it is, you're not really consciously awake, but you are. Yeah. Uh, whenever I would meditate, I would automatically boom, not have a single thought. Now, what happens mm. to each person is very different. Like, for example, my mind is very overactive. It is very artistic. Yeah. I'm usually with a lot of influx of thoughts and creation. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very hard for me to quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to do that, where I, where I continuously meditated, you know, it was, it was bliss, but at the same time, it was a curse because the creative flow wasn't going through that much. I was, I, I said to myself, I'm like, I'm here in the moment, but I'm brain dead. Like, I'm not, like, I'm just at peace. Yeah. And that to me just felt very unnatural to how I usually am as a, as a natural person, because for who I am, usually I have thoughts coming in from all directions. Yeah. And they're thoughts that are, I, I want to say, I don't like the word channeled, but at the same time, I feel that they don't come from myself. They come from a higher realm, but at the same time, I'm one with everyone and everything. So even if mm-hmm. it is another person, even if it is a scientist or a mathematician, or if it's somebody that is very wise, or if it's a family member, or if it's just a regular person in society that passed on, mm-hmm. um, or if it's also somebody that's meditating at the same time and they're in that realm, who knows? I cannot say it for sure. I say that I hear voices inside my head, but those voices, it's, it's, many people would say that's schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say schizophrenic to the point of um, saying like, oh my God, these voices are going to kill me. They're telling me to go shoot myself or anything of that. Yeah. There are more voices that I've channeled now into creativity and into characters and into information and channeling out creative but you know it's very hard for me to get to that point and i've it's it, it's been very hard lately and that's yeah. you asked how my month has been yeah yeah so tell us about the last couple of weeks four weeks one month <laughs> tell us it <laughs> is with the juice <laughs> we're gonna have to edit that like piece out no it's gotta stay <laughs> okay so in the past month yeah. You know, as soon as, you know, when, whenever, I don't know if you've ever, when you started actually saying, I'm done with school and you walked out of university and you yeah. said, and you said to yourself, like, this is not what I feel is correct. Well, for you, it was a choice, mm-hmm. but you chose that. Okay. For me, I got expelled from my first university. Yeah, what that happened? was bad. Why, why? I was very bad. I was connected to various dimensions at once and I faked documents. And yeah. Uh, yeah, (laughs) listen everything happens for a reason and there's always if you're if you if you're extremely spiritual or i don't want to say extremely but if you get into the spiritual side of life Mm. it's usually because you have a dark past Mm, okay interesting i maybe explain that a little bit every sinner has a past okay so a lot of people, they didn't think at all. And, you know, lately they've been getting sent to me to remind me mm-hmm. because lately it hasn't been easy for me. And that is something that I, I will get a little bit more in depth into um, very soon. 
but a lot of people have come up to me and yesterday especially my brother I haven't seen him in a while and um, he was over and he said stuff because I said I quit coffee and now my addiction turned into food <laughs> and he's like Stephanie listen from everything that you went through you know like you even if you had an addiction for food let it be and I'm like yeah but that's not right that's not right because mm. when you have an addiction, that's when you feel there's a hole inside you and you need to feed it. Mm. You need to like, you know, you're never at peace with yourself. You never feel complete. That's why you yeah. look for external substances of matter to fill an internal void. But that void you create for yourself. Yeah. And mm. you know, that's, that's what a lot of people don't realize. So a lot of people, they, they, even my cousin, she's like, Steph, it's okay. You know, like I quit weed and like now, like, you know, I, I, it, the world was really black and white and now, you know, I smoke weed every day and that's fine. And I just think to myself and it's like, yes, they, they, it, it's okay for these people, but I guess I'm just very extremist where for me, it's like all or nothing. Mm -hmm. So if, for example, I were to smoke once in a while. For me, I have an addictive personality. So it would turn into, I wouldn't even be able, I wouldn't want to get out of bed. I wouldn't want to do anything. So when yeah. an addiction actually takes over your life, that is when it becomes very dangerous. Yeah. And, um, and so my brother was like, Steph, it's okay. You have some addiction. It's, it's okay. Food addiction, it's fine. And I'm like, no, it isn't. It isn't because every single time you're, you have an addiction, that means that you are never at peace with yourself. Yeah. And if you truly want to get into enlightenment, you do want to take all your desires out. But, you know, where's, For sure. where's the balance in it, you know? Yeah. Is enlightenment really enlightenment? Let's actually dive deep into that. So I was actually listening to, uh, I forget, I think it was Alan Watts recently. You love Alan Watts. I do love I know. Alan Watts. And I he, know. Was saying, he was saying, if you can, you should try to remove your sexual desires. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll go right off the bat and say um, I had sexual trauma that I'm still working through. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, it's, it's not, I'm the opposite. So okay. I really, that desire, it's, I know it's there and it's, but for me, I don't have the desire. If that even, I don't know if that. Well, no, explain a little. So, that, so I don't know even how this to explain says, that. So it's like we, he, he kind of says like we're a slave to a few desires, right? Like, like, and food is not necessarily, it's, it is a desire, but we do need it to live. Right. Right. Water, it, we need it to live, but sometimes we desire it when we don't necessarily need it. But like sex, do we need it to live or is it, I mean, we need it to procreate, right? Yes. So it's, it's, it's needed. But for what a lot of us use it for in today's world is just pleasure only, you mm -hmm. know? So like when he said, he's like, if you can rid yourself of that desire, then you're not a slave to it. And then, you know what I'm saying? So what like, uh, I and think I might, that it's, yeah, what are your thoughts? It's a that? desire to feel connectness. It's the desire to feel one whole and then to go back into that, that state of orgasm of pure euphoria, Okay, which is... I, I'm not sure if you can call it enlightenment when you are orgasm, when yeah. you have an orgasm. Um, but I do feel that it is a lot of love and joy and not, not exactly joy. Joy is just being happy without any reason. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a reason there. So that mm. means that that's not quite enlightenment, but that is love, you know? Um, and I do think that 
the reason why people crave that is because even God couldn't stay by himself. He needed to procreate itself in order to, mm. to, to exist, you know? And us as humans, I think in our subconscious, everything's already ingrained in there that um, this is only us. It's only one person. Well, not one person. You're experiencing it as one person. Yeah. But I cannot prove your existence. I can only prove mine for sure. Mm-hmm. I can only prove that this matrix is virtual reality. I'm hallucinating it. Yeah. Okay. So there's that sense of solitude and like, wow, it's only me and it's all in my head. Mm-hmm. And that concept by itself is like, this is like, there's no one else. I mean, there is, but this is a hallucination that I'm yeah. making. But at the same time, it gives you great relief of knowing that that same, the same experience, you're also doing it. Yeah. And so is the other person. And so is another person. Mm-hmm. And collectively, we're all one. We're just, our consciousness is only happening individually mm-hmm. for a certain moment. Got it. Okay. So, so in terms of, let me just finish up really quick yeah. with, um, with, with the sexuality, the sex desire. Yeah. It's, I do think that there's a desire for intimacy because there's a desire to not feel alone. Hmm. Okay. There's a desire of not, of not feeling like it's only you. Mm-hmm. And there's that connection that you need to have with somebody else. Got it. And then that separation, it connects to what? To an individual, to one. Got it. Okay. So do you think maybe so to and then we'll we'll cap up the sexual stuff. But do you think there's maybe is there like a balance? Because it's like some people turn into like sexual addicts, right? Yeah. So it's like I think maybe you shouldn't rid yourself of all of it. Although I kind of feel like that's what Alan Watts was kind of saying. Like if you can rid yourself of all sexual desire, then you won't be a slave to it anymore. So then so what? Is so there then, a balance? So then, I mean, everything in an extreme is bad, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I do believe that, for example, it's very hypocritical. But you know, they say that the the popes and the um, how do you how do you call them the clergy of uh, Catholicism and Christianity, yeah. they're like, yeah, we're celibate. And, they rape children all the time, mm-hmm. you know. So <laughs> you weren't expecting Not funny that. at all. Oh my god. <laughs> we gotta okay, we that. will edit that out. No way, we're keeping that. No. But oh my no. god, hold on. Excuse me, I got something in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I just got something in my eye. Oh my god, maybe that's an angel telling me to shut up and not talk about that. <laughs> oh my god. Hold on. No, you're good. I think in my contacts here, I just need to change them. I'm so bad with hygiene of my eyes. Correction. It's <laughs> 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 really sharing everything. Oh, I'm not afraid to be myself, but that's a little bit too far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God, this podcast is. No, it's going to be good. Okay. It's actually so... really good on it. All right. Yeah. So, so I... do I have a black eye from the mascara? No, I'm no, good. A little right here. Okay, it's okay because the camera can't catch yeah. that. So we'll as long as it. it doesn't distract you, I don't want to get up and like fix it right now. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's, it's meant to be, right? Yeah, it's just it's there. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll fix it later. All right. So I think so. Would you agree? There's a balance to be stricken. Yes, there is certainly a balance, and I do believe that that balance is, especially as an addict, I often think to myself, if I will ever be able to drink again, occasionally. 
-hmm. or if I would be able to be okay with smoking weed occasionally. If I would be okay, there's people that I, I know that it's like, yeah, I, I smoke cigarettes like, you know, like once or twice when I drink and I'm like, that's it? You, you don't smoke all day every day? They're like, no. So they don't have an addictive personality and yeah. cigarettes are very addictive. And I was able to quit that habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if for me, that was hard. And yeah. that is, you know, it was it was something that was extremely hard, but it was harder to quit weed. Got so it. that was the, well, that, and then after that, it was very hard to quit caffeine. Very oh, hard. yeah. No, caffeine's the real deal. People don't, like, look at caffeine as a real drug. It is a real It's a stimulant. For sure. I'll be yeah. honest. I, I, I broke my sobriety today, and I had a sip of coffee, just a sip. <laughs> a sip. I was bouncing off the walls. <laughs> I was bouncing off the walls. It was, yeah, and, and it was, and the colors were brighter. And, you know, it's because when you take a feed, you, you release dopamine, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the, you, with being a, an extract addict, that got abused by all the chemicals that I put in. So, yeah. you know, you can take that with like working out and meditation, but it got to the point where I'm like, all day I'm working out, I'm meditating and I'm never okay. I'm like, I'm tired of this, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, like yeah. it's just, it gets to a point where you are doing absolutely everything. And then you're like, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to and, and, and I'm not feeling, you know? Yeah. That's very frustrating. So why? If you're willing to like, cause remember we spoke yesterday, like why, right. do you, what is not healing? Like what's going on? I think there's resistance uh, to not believe that I deserve to be okay. And there's also fear of always being okay. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Tell them more. This sure. would maybe help me too. Really? You know, yeah. you're, you're a very hard person to read. I'll tell you that. Am I? Yeah. Well, no, as you know, I have a fear of death, kind of. I think you've We're, kind of helped me with it. Yeah, uh, but somewhat. we never, we never die. But we, true. We, energy yeah. cannot be converted nor uh, cannot be, um, oh my God, Stephanie, you should know this by heart. Energy so, cannot be created nor destroyed. Mm-hmm. So once But I you, like the way things are right now. Yeah, you like, <laughs> so. and that is something that quite frankly, is super admirable because at least for me that I've, I've only known darkness or yeah. I've known a false happiness growing up. And that was yeah. identification of the material world, of being extremely spoiled, giving anything I wanted, being raised by a house staff, and then going to complete poverty. Yeah. So I grew up in a fake love, in fake happiness. And then mm. it just went to completely to like the darkest pits of hell where it was homelessness, poverty, drug addiction, you know, yeah. everything combined. And um, it was just uh, very traumatizing. And I'm still working through that. And it's just, mm. you know, lately I've, I've been having a lot of people close to me tell me, like, Steph, like, you're so hard on yourself. Like, why is it that you don't give yourself so much credit for, for everything mm. that you've gone through? Like, nobody thought you were going to make it out alive. My brother yesterday is like, Stephanie, we had to kick you out of the house and make you be homeless because you were taking out knives and i'm like listen i was taking out a knife for me i was yeah. never ever doing it towards yeah. my mother or towards my brother or towards yeah. animals never and yeah. the intention was i was so desperate that i needed help and yeah. that's what I, it was a cry out for help and instead of getting helped i got kicked out to the streets so yesterday was a very, I was in the eggshells with my brother because I really didn't want to talk about that because it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's something that's still very, we see it from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. 
and it's something that it's it's very touchy to even to even you know acknowledge that because I've have gotten to the point where I've reached I'm still going back and forth but I have reached the consciousness and awareness of what is going on like I have all the information all the awareness of enlightenment and then I'm sabotaging myself from living that information okay so okay let me try to relate to that so like what i would say is uh i don't know if i'm using the right term here but it's hypochondria potentially um so potentially it's it might be the wrong word but it's basically like you always think something's wrong like you always think like you have like maybe a disease or something or like uh i i people a couple people close to me have said that i might and it's and it's interesting because uh and i say this just being open like because I am so content and like, I'll say happy with where I am. I, anytime something feels even a little off, you start freaking out. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like talking to you now, like I know where you were and we can dive deeper into Mm -hmm. that, like into this, but I don't think you're still there. Like you're not where you were in that bad home. Obviously you're not, you're not in that homeless place anymore. So your lowest point is past you. So what I'm getting at is like, I maybe there's a relation there where it's like I things are going well I'm happy where I am but because of that anytime I'm like short of breath randomly I'm like what's going on like am I about to die you know like it's weird shit like that and then I overthink everything in those scenarios normally I have like no thought but then in that scenario something wrong's happening I want things to stay how they are so I start to freak out you know I think that you need to go through an ego death uh, potentially yeah tell tell me more about what what does that even mean okay so that is actually i'm going to try to respond with as much as i can right now but this is something to actually go deep in thought for sure because that is something that is very very unique yeah that i've actually never heard from somebody i do have a friend who's a hypochondriac and i that that is the right word am i using the right word a hypochondriac is when you think there's something, yeah, it's when you think that there's something wrong with you, but yeah. it's just a fabrication of the mind. Oh, okay. Yep. That's potentially right on. <laughs> yeah. Not, I don't think something overall is wrong with me, but I think like at certain but times when so, everything's okay, I think something's wrong. So, but go ahead. Okay. So I think that what you fear is fear of losing control. Ah, might be true. And that's why I say that it might just mean that you might need an ego death. And because the ego wants everything to be in control and, you know, it, so it's interesting because now Mm. that I realize you have a lower vibration frequency that is working against you, even Mm -hmm. though you are very high vibration by nature. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, that's what I've gotten from you is that you're very high vibration. Yes who you are as a person, your, your vibes, you know, like your, the way your mind works. Um, however, there is, and it can be a type of anxiety Yeah. yeah. and a, a, because anxiety is fear. Okay. Mm. And what is going on is that you have fear of losing control. I think you're right. Your fear actually. of losing control of, of things that are out of your control or that right now you have everything under control. And yeah. if something were to happen that is wrong, you start freaking out. Or perhaps yeah. you think that something is going to go wrong. Uh-huh. And then in itself, you are attracting that into your reality. Yeah, because we don't know, or what is it? The subconscious doesn't know 
um, negatives or positives. It doesn't know negatives. It only knows positives. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's what it is. So you can't say like, I don't want to feel this way because it's going to read as I want to feel this way. Yes. That's huge. Yeah. That's a diamond. Um, it is. And I think that you are correct. And I actually think just directly like relating that to something is when I was younger, because I think like hallucinogens, like mushrooms and acid and stuff. Oh, actually, we're getting into this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All well, right. This is what I'll say. Like now I would never do them. And I, now that you brought up the control, I think it's because I am, I don't want to lose control. Like I'm afraid of losing. And when I was younger, I'd be like, yo, give me those mushrooms on, t give, put a tab on top of that mushroom and mm -hmm. I'll eat food. And I would go oh walking when I was younger, right? And I was, oh my God. I would, and I would be fine. Like I did have one or two bad trips for sure. But, but that's because you were, you're, you're restraining. For, but mostly, like most of the time they went very well. Like I had the time of my life. And now it's been probably like almost 10 years. Yeah, I'm 27. Yeah, it's, it's been about 10 years since I've done an hallucinogen. And I have no desire to do them again, but I think it's because I, I know how much I'll lose control and, that is and I'm afraid yes. of that. And so, that is why I was referring to keeping yeah. it PG rated that you need to go to an ego death. Yeah. That's what uh, I meant. Oh, that's what I meant. What meant. But a very PG version. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Yeah, because. Yeah. Okay. Like again, I need, because I've done it like so many times. Yes. Again, it's been too long. <laughs> <Notice. I, laughs> You'd have like an expiration date or something, like you know, I'm like back. You, yeah. Kill me again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, it was New Year's of uh, of two years ago. Um, I, I that was the last time that I that I took um, magic mushrooms, and, <laughs> <laughs> and for the first time, I also mixed weed. Yeah. Because it was like one point two or three grams of shrimps, which is nothing. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling anything. And at this point, you know, I do take uh, psychedelics and I want to say more magic mushrooms is for spiritual sort of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation yesterday with my brother where he said, oh my God, like, you know, like I've never tried um, psychedelics. I've never tried this. I've never tried that. You know, hallucinogenics is something that I'm very scared of. You can get addicted to it. And I'm like, no, you can't. Not no, you, and not. like if you get addicted to it, that's, there's something really wrong with you wanting to escape reality. For sure. Yeah, and because I unfortunately have a cousin that's in that path where uh. he's, uh, that's another story within itself, but um, he, uh, he was medicated with Adderall since he was three years old. And then, you know, um, for me, addiction began because I started getting medicated by Big Pharma. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I've seen that when kids and teenagers, they get put on medication, they become addicts because once they leave that medication or if they do, they're used to taking a drug every single day. So they're like, oh, what does it matter if I smoke weed every day? Oh, what does it matter if I drink alcohol every day? You know? Yeah. So um, unfortunately, my cousin is younger than me. He's uh, in that situation right now and he's mixing, you know, blow cigarettes, weed cocaine uh, well that is well psychedelics yeah. uh whiskey those are, yeah, yeah like all day every day and it's unfortunate because he's like he he's a very spiritual person you see his eyes and it's yeah. like he's an old soul but yeah, he's going like through that. yeah he's going through through a lot um but my brother yesterday he's like you know that's absolutely insane you you like look at look at our cousin you know yeah 
And I'm like, Michael, I'll be honest, my mom knows. I got cured with magic mushrooms. You know that right now in Ohio, um, not in Ohio, in uh, Oregon. <laughs> Why would they be Ohio, right? Why did I just say Ohio? That's like the most awkward place. Like in North Dakota. <laughs> you know, in no. Kansas. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in... <laughs> Toto, Toto. Awesome. <laughs> Did you just get that reference? Yeah. Okay. Why aren't you laughing? Oh, because so, so, <laughs> it was all a laugh the whole thing. Okay. Anyways, um, so in I told him in Oregon they're already. He's like, yeah, they're they're legalizing mushroom for depression, and I'm like, yeah. Ah, oh, I did hear about this. Actually. And I'm like, yeah, um, you know, and he, he was interested about that. He, he didn't express it because he is my older brother. So I'm like, this is what happens. When you take the psychedelic, mm. you get brought out completely of all the programming that you've had in this entire life, in mm. this government, in this cultural, in this religion that you've got under, under your parents' programming that they gave you. Yeah. Um, and it makes you look at everything from a consciousness point of view, full consciousness. So then you realize what are the lower vibrations that are not making you or holding you back from operating at this vibration. Yeah. Okay. So magic mushrooms is not that, oh, you go into the middle of the woods and you get cured. No, you, you get the answer. And then it's up to you to actually put in the work after the mm. trip is done. The trip is just spiritual healer. It's the professor. Yeah. It's the professor telling the students, which is you, this is what is not allowing you for you to be happy. That's a good way to put that. And yeah. when you resist and you go in it with fear, yeah, that is when you have a bad trip. Yeah. Because this, you're operating at full love, at full potential, at full, you know, consciousness. And if you restrain that with the third dimensional physical um, sort of uh, mentality, that's when you start having a bad trip because there's a polar opposites happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you start freaking out because yeah. it's this love trying to like, you are encompassing, you are love. And then there's fear there and fear is the opposite of love. So you can't have those contradictions being at the same time. Mm -hmm. You can only have one or the other, but when you're in psychedelics, you are literally overriding the system and becoming love. Yeah. And if you restrain to that, then that's when a bad trip happens. I am starting to feel as if though. You need a, a one coming up? I think we need one. We? And, yeah. and, and what? And like <laughs> doing a podcast? I think we need to do mushrooms. <laughs> that's what I'm realizing. Is that accurate or am I old? That would be interesting. Okay. That would be interesting for, think, yeah. for a lot of reasons. South Point Park. South yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. 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 We should do mushrooms at South Point, you know? Head on over to the steakhouse. <laughs> I'm a vegan. <laughs> Come on. That was a joke. And it worked. Um, okay. So <laughs> the steakhouse, the slaughterhouse, right? No, you don't want to do that. Okay. Anyways. Um... So, okay. So before we move on, I want you to tell us in a little more detail what you mean as far as like when you take the mushrooms, like what it does. You know what I mean? Like what does it show you? Because you kind of went through that pretty quickly. Meaning like. You said like the parents, the teachers, society, like tell us a little bit more about like what answers, because you, you, you know what I mean? Like that was pretty quick. Like what answers is it telling you? What is, do you know what I mean? 
And maybe for everybody it's different. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. For everybody it's different. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the lessons that I learned. Yeah, yeah. Tell us so, your experience. That's the best yeah. way for us. So um, everybody's different because everybody has different programmings. Everybody has different parents. Um, but usually what I've, I've encountered and hold on, let me backtrack backspace, yeah. backspace. If this was a book, I would be like, you know, <laughs> hold on. I need to add something to the last sentence. Um, yeah. So the programming that you have from your parents, the programming that you have from your um, teachers in school, um, the more that I, you know, that I teach students, you mm, know, yeah. the more that I realize that what they're doing in school, like I'm a teacher, but not in school. Like I'm, if you want to call it, it's called a tutor. Yeah. However, I am the teacher. Like I kid you not teachers nowadays, they don't teach yeah. at all. And they can't because they're, they're that's a conversation within itself, but education is bought out. Education is a business. Yeah. So um, right now they're standardized testing like no other. So right now teachers are not molding students on how to think, just what to think. Yeah. So it's very unfortunate. But um, the students that I do um, have, which right now are very few, um, because I'm trying to um, go more in quality than in quantity. And one of them is actually tripping on shrooms tonight. He's a transsexual, born a she, transferred to a he, and he's 15 years old. Local? Uh, yeah, he's in Miami Beach. Why are we not with him? Her. <laughs> Which one? It's him. I am, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is perfect timing. Oh my God, are you <laughs> kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but keep telling us, keep telling us. Sure. He's yeah. a very interesting character okay. uh, because he has a male and female mentality and for yeah. him to do this, uh, these, these trips. And yeah. I, as soon as he told me that, and I saw him today, I'm like, I'm not here. I didn't listen to this because yeah. I'm not his parent. I'm just like a mentor and a tutor to him. Oh, for sure. It's so I can't exactly say it, but if I was able to do those trips instead of at his age, I was drinking Smirnoff. You know? Yeah. Do you remember Same. Smirnoff? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Not, You're like, oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. And then when I was 17, a, a week before I turned 18, I started smoking weed. Okay. So, you know, when I was this age, I was doing things to depart reality. You know, yeah. I was already drinking. Oh my God, that summer in Colombia. I have a, my friend has a video of me doing 15 shots of aguardiente. 15. Wait, what is that? Aguardiente? Aguardiente. What is that? It's, it's fiery it's a, water, but it's basically uh, like licorice drink that is extremely strong. It's uh, like 40 something percent uh, liquor. Oh, wow. It's 15? very, it's very strong. 15 shots of that when I was 15, oh. 15, 115. That should be a book. Oh, that yeah. was, that was a trip. But anyways, so, <laughs> you know, when I was that age, I was already departing reality. Like I was yeah. already like partying. And that's when I started to get, you know, into, into that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> that quotation mark goes on for like yeah. seven more years <laughs> and so <laughs> okay so you know and i wanted to tell him so badly i'm like do it but don't do it to depart reality do it to find more about yourself yeah i like that and yeah. if and an intention is good going into something exactly. like that because exactly. actually it's very important i think you know because like you said, if you go into it being fearful, that might probably come out during the trip, potentially. If you go He's in not it with fearful a, about it, because uh, yeah, I'm just in yeah. general. Whatever you go in, like it's interesting. So say if you have a terrible day, 
maybe taking mushrooms at the end of that day is not the best thing to do. Maybe. Or maybe it is. What do you think? Well. I would say it's not. No, it definitely is not. It's definitely is not because of the fact that um, you can't do it to escape reality. And if you're having a bad day, I usually say if you're going to do therapeutic mushrooms, you should do them somewhere in the start of the day or even a little bit after. Because your mind at the end of the day is already going to be, you know, like very tired and, you know, so, and whenever I, the last two times that I did shrooms, which was like over a year and a half ago, or yeah, Yeah. around that time, um, I, wow, I just blanked out. What just happened there? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know exactly what I was thinking about. So I meditated extensively the day before okay yeah extensively you have to prepare yourself you have to prepare yourself for it you can or if it i mean i guess if you're in the in the sphere of the moment and somebody gives you shrimps it's like here have some i mean like okay but here's what i say the plants will reveal themselves when it's meant to happen yeah so shrooms like if you go out looking for shrooms and they don't appear you're not supposed to have a trip yeah i like that yeah so when you're ready the plant will reveal itself to you Mm. but in regards to let's go back to uh, let's make a u-turn back to square one where (laughs) we got a little off track yeah so um so what i learned during my shroom experience Mm. so what i learned was that the first time it was horrible like not the first time the first time after rehab when this was a breakthrough this was like the breakthrough moment that i completely just like yeah was that um, I I started shaking and going, when is this going to be over? I was in a fetal position, just crying my eyes out. I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. I should have mm-hmm. never done this. Oh my God, eight hours of this. What am I going to do? And then luckily I had somebody that was very experienced, very experienced with psychedelics. Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, uh, Steph, don't you realizing, don't you realize there's nothing happening in this moment right now for you to be feeling as you do you're making yourself feel this way yeah listen that is the breakthrough moment i looked at him and instead of crying of misery i started to laugh so hard so hard and the tears i just started to i look like the joker because i was like having like the emotion of like crying and happy at the same time and like being scared and being euphoric at the same time but all of a sudden all the chains of society that has ever placed on me just went they disappeared and i'm like do you realize how many shrinks how many doctors how many hospitalizations that i've gone through just so that I can realize that. And he's like, Steph, and those shrooms were $20. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, do you know that's, how much they charge cool. Medicaid? I yeah. made the calculations because it's in my book. Close mm-hmm. to $1.5 million in course of five years. Yeah. Hospitalizations. Do you know how much it costs to be in a psych ward? Do no. you know how much they milk that insurance? Oh, I think it's very high, actually. Uh, I actually heard, oddly enough, a podcast with Mike Tyson. About oh, really? This. Yeah, Mike Tyson and Steve-O from Jackass. Uh-huh. And they, they were in a psych ward together. And by, like, enough. were they, and they said something voluntarily? They both no, admitted they were themselves? No, friends put them in there. 
like friends. It was oh, that's like, that's crazy! And, it's such a coincidence that and, they were in the same one. Yeah, it was that. It was they weren't. They didn't go in at the same time, but like okay. they, oddly enough, were at the same one. Like Steve-O came in two days later or yeah. something. It was a podcast, and they said something like, "And don't quote me on this, but Steve-O, I believe, said something like he had to pay like three or four hundred thousand dollars out of pocket for like two weeks of being in there." Yeah, in there for two, it like all two depends uh, which one. My God, I have something stuck in my contact. It's really uncomfortable. Oh my God, Still watch there. me go blind. <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen, but if it happens live, that would be a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think I got it. Oh my okay. God, this was a catastrophe. Is my eye black? No. Just a little bit. Okay. No, Anyways, no, it doesn't no. really matter. Um, so, yes. From, yeah. For three days was, it depends which one you go to. Yeah. But for three days, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so for three days, it was $30,000. Yeah. And so, yeah, so $10,000 per day. And it all depends. They usually give you the injections and the drugs are the most expensive on the market. And those drugs are um, based on stock market. So it's, they're, they're privately held. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, and it's, it's literally, it's a, it's, it's a share. You buy shares of a specific drug. That's why there was a, like a huge outcry when somebody bought uh this pill for like i don't know for i don't remember what it was like diabetes or something that something that a lot of people use that is mm. not psychedelic not psychedelic that is not psychiatric okay yeah. mm. and people couldn't afford it anymore because one pill went up to 700 dollars. yeah it's crazy so they usually inject you they usually give you pills they usually give you the ones that are the highest on the market it's not even about curing you it's about them making money Mm -hmm. so it also depends on what type of medication they give you but i mean in all i was in um, i probably had like maybe 30 uh hospitalization of psych words so that's um 30 times three no it probably was more than that it definitely wasn't 90 days because i went to rehab for 90 days and i i was in and out of psych ward like no other yeah. so um i mean with medication insurance not insurance medication um psych words everything it was close to 1.1.5 million for five years and i'm only one one yeah in many that are there yeah many and uh and i was just getting worse getting worse and worse and a lot of side effects of these medications are suicide attempts suicidal thoughts so people Did you are experience so that? absolutely I think okay. I showed you in the last podcast, like all the scars. That and do you believe it was from those drugs? Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely now, do. Well, what was that like? Like, what is that? Because I've never experienced that. Experience. Like, the, so like the you took the, of, yeah, like you took the drugs and you now, at the, you know, after, because you're not in it anymore. It's after. Well, I do. So, I'm still in one stabilizer, which has been okay. very hard to come off from. Very, very hard. And they're doing this on purpose. Okay. It's hard to actually leave the system forever. And I'm still Got in that it. process. Before I was taking six, seven medications per day. Now I'm taking a mood stabilizer that is at a normal dose. Before it was seven medications, six medications, all at the highest dose. So yeah, yeah I was taking a cocktail of drugs. So, okay. So the suicidal thoughts though, like 
I mean, okay, so black and white, it just means like you're considering killing yourself. That's what that that's what that means. But yes. like what did it feel like? How did they arise? Like what is that even like? Because I would say most people, at least I don't think, ever have those. Or maybe they do. But like what is it like? Or like what were the thoughts? If you're willing to share. I have a cousin and a second cousin and they both committed suicide because of that. Really? Yeah. Both of them. Okay. One was found hanging. Um, he was twenty and young twenties. And um, my cousin, my this was my second cousin and my first cousin, uh, he jumped out of a high rise no here way. in Brickle. And oh, wow. they were on the yeah, they were high up, very high up. Yeah. And he stopped taking medications cold turkey because his liver was done. The doctor was like, yeah. you know, you either get a transplant or you if you keep taking this medication you're gonna die within two years so after that he's 27 at this point he was like i rather risk it and stop taking this medication yeah you know and and try to live it out well when he got off the medication he left it cold turkey and he was medicated for 10 years yeah so he was medicated since he was 17 to 27 Mm -hmm. and i was in rehab when he committed suicide and um, that was very hard for me because at the same time, it was just a bunch of things was going through my mind and nobody thought that that was going to happen. Um, nobody thought that there was going to be a suicide like that in the family. Yeah, of course. Um, especially when I called my mother, I was in rehab and I always called her in the morning. I'm like, hey, mom, how are you? How's everything? And automatically she didn't respond and she was crying. I'm like, what happened? Is Michael okay? Is, is grandma okay? Like what's going on? She kept sobbing. She was like, oh, sorry. Um, I'm not going to say my cousin's name, but he committed suicide last night. And I'm like, I froze. I began to tremble and I started screaming and crying, screaming and crying just because so much was going on. I was in rehab for getting off drugs. I was at that time trying to get off this plasma stabilizer that I still take. And then I have, you know, this experience that my cousin committed suicide because he stopped taking medication. So I'm also in fear. I'm like, oh my God, that means that if I, if I stop taking them, I'm also going to die. Like I'm also yeah. going to have like suicidal thoughts. And then it was also the realization that I've always have this um, sort of, how do you call it? Um, I've had this purpose in me and I've always felt it that mm. I'm here to heal people. But first I need to go through hell. And for some reason, I felt that it was kind of my fault because I wasn't healed soon enough to help him, mm-hmm. to help him realize what was happening with his mind, to help him be there for him, you know? And so it was just a clash of emotions. But yeah, the, the, I, it has happened many times that whenever I stop taking my medication or I try to get off it, I start having suicidal thoughts. So it's when you stop taking it. Yes, when you stop taking it. Now that's still a re like it's still because of it, right? Because if you had never taken it in the first place, I don't think so. Then the then the thoughts. I made. didn't. I didn't before. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You know? I'm just yeah. I'm trying to figure because that's like that's, interesting. So it's like it's an after effect, you know. And I mean, I can't prove this for sure or not, yeah. Tyler, but I do think they're doing this on purpose. Yeah, I would not surprise me. Because um, that is something that I would get into way later on. And that is, um, I talked to you a little bit over that over messages that yeah. um, 
not only is it a business and if you get off medication they can no longer milk you they can yeah. no longer charge the insurance um you know it's it's a business but yeah. then there's also the um the fear of minds that are unlike the rest and the danger that they portray to the system um you know we're slowly starting to wake up collectively Mm. especially our generation there's a massive awakening and shift that's going on in consciousness at this time i don't know if you heard there's last night uh you know john of god by any chance mm-hmm. he's this i didn't know who he was until he was on the news he was this priest or not priest but like a like a healer a spiritual healer that was in brazil mm. and oprah he was on the oprah winfrey show and his clients were the clintons so this guy was like a spiritual guru, if you want to call him that. And when people were in his presence, they felt like he was in the presence of the, of the Dalai Lama or something like that. Like even Oprah was like, there was this blissful feeling of peace when I was in his presence. Well, guess what? It turns out that he, um, he, has, uh, he does human trafficking of, ch- of children. Yeah. And he runs a, a girl farm which is basically he gets girls that are like 10 years old and starts, you know, grooming them. Yeah. Um, and since they get their period till around like 10 years afterward, when they're in their early mid twenties, he gets them pregnant or I don't know. I don't know the exact story, but yeah. these girls get pregnant. I don't know if by him or by other people. And then they sell those babies in the black market. So they were selling to like European families for like $30,000. So it's like off the market, like, you know, and then once those girls and each time they have a baby, they get pregnant again. So it's a farm. And after they're like 21, 22, 23, he kills them. So he is, yeah. So he's there for mass murder. His, his daughter is now coming out saying, yeah, my dad's a monster. He raped me since I was 10 years old. Um, And this is a guy that is a spiritual guru. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. I've and, not heard of him. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's unfortunate and I don't want to go too much into the Clintons being his um I'm not gonna go there. I'm gonna um leave the Clintons <laughs> with the mercy, you know? I'm not gonna dig out their old I've bags. Heard some yeah, no, exactly. And and exactly what you're thinking about, that's exactly Okay. He, they're applying to him. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So what were we even talking about? Oh, okay. So about medications and yeah, yeah. so they're a threat to the system. So right now there's a lot of people that are coming out and they're exposing yeah. the true light upon powerful figures. Mm. They're there with ego, with money, with power. And right now there's so much indictments going on that people don't even realize. Why? Because they're all, you know, the government's like the Kardashians, you know, yeah. Super Bowl, you know, controversy of the Gillette commercial, this, that. Yeah. And behind the scenes, a lot of people that are in that rank, they're all for human trafficking, for sex, you know, pedophilia around the world. They're all getting indictment. Yeah. And this is all going behind the scenes. And those people, what is it? Global corporations, big pharma. There's it, it, it. This is a podcast of like ten hours to like even go into like that <laughs> that yeah that those can can of bees is that how you call it or I'm can of sure. worms yeah there you oh, go can, can of worms, worms. <laughs> can of bees <laughs> I love that so much Wait, that's that's the best shit I've ever heard <laughs> but uh, what I'm referring to in this 
to canopies <laughs> he's flying <laughs> spray them <laughs> kill them yeah. kill them government politicians <laughs> that's I'm right i'm kidding so what i was getting at is that there's uh it's a danger to have um to have minds that are unlike the rest because they can see the bs of everything mm. and they can see the bs of how everything works um you know we get uh telepathically communicated of the truth um schizophrenics um they what the mind believes what it is fed so if you if you don't know what's going on with your mind you fear it you start hearing voices and you don't know what's going on you're like oh my god i'm going insane you know like well what is insane anyways you're sane from the inside right yeah. <laughs> yeah right well because not many people are connected to the inside of themselves so you know it's um that is actually interesting yeah I like yeah i wrote that once and it kind of makes sense kind of didn't but hey i wrote it so and what's interesting you're terresting from the inside right you're sane from the inside <laughs> you're inside or insane not inside <laughs> I love it. Okay, yeah. yeah, you're seen from the inside. I once said that when I, that those that can of worms we'll leave it for later. But um, yeah, they're a threat because of the fact that when you have um, voices inside your head and you don't know where they're coming from, mm. you know, and you have doctors telling you the mind believes what it is fed. So if you have doctors telling you you will hear voices, they will kill you, they will start to tell you to kill yourself. Do you know that that happened to me once when I was forced by my own mother mm. because it was either being homeless or going to a psych ward mm. and it was that that phase in my life was very hard it was very hard because i had to choose either be drugged and injected and in, being in isolation rooms or being sleeping on the streets and scaring for my life that somebody was going to rape me mm -hmm. so that was um it was a very hard time in my life and that was after right after i dropped out of architecture school and then so i have a question sure it's up to you now which one did you choose but before you answer that should we answer that on the next podcast or do you want to answer it now which one did you choose we can i'll let you choose i gotta feel like that's the hanger you know that's <laughs> the what that's that like i feel like you should answer that on the next one okay it's a good hanger yeah okay you like that yeah okay so before we sign off on this one tell us Give us the full kind of overarching story of the daughter of hate and what people have. Shouldn't we be doing this always like, in the beginning? <laughs> no, 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 you know how to work maybe this. Maybe both. I mean, typically okay. on like a Rogan podcast, they'll like, you know, wait to the end, you know, to like. Where is the camera? Joe Rogan. I'm coming, coming for, for you. you. <laughs> yeah, Just send coming. that clip right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but like, so. Because you've told us some of your story, and like, so we've talked about a lot of stories, a lot of value, but like the daughter of he, like, what can people expect from it? Everything, everything yeah. of my life story, mm -hmm. everything of. To be quite honest with you, it has to do with everything in my life, whether experience, my ideas, um, my mentality, um, how I found my soul. How I mm. thought I was already healed, and then life taught me another lesson, um, and it never ends. So, within itself, it's a very hard book to actually compress down to specific outline and chronological order, and that has been why it's been so hard, so hard to actually finalize it. Mm. So, 
what you would expect from the daughter of he is a story that would probably be completely completely unlike anything that you've ever heard um it it i think that it's so intensive that i did it really happen because you know it's just like you know homelessness you know getting injected um you know escaping to getting gang raped and killed um you know losing my father and brother when i was very young um you know the the contrasts that are there and then there's also the contrast of complete like hell and poverty and, and then there's the other side of you know how i grew up with a house staff you know like with my parents you know getting invited to a quarter of a million dollar charity plate dinners in the white house when they were with an order of deportation you know yeah. so hello how is it that i said <laughs> money speaks louder than the law <laughs> yeah so there's all of this contrast that is going on. And then there's also, you know, the story of, of how nobody thought I was going to make it out alive. Mm. And more than anything, I, I share the story is so that others can get inspired, that they say, oh, no, I'm a fuck up. Oh, excuse my language. I'm a screw up, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a screw up and I have no way out. And, you know, like um, everybody already thinks I'm going to end up bad. So, you know, I have no, that was me, you mm. know, and I was able to completely change my life 180 degrees. So, you know, it's, it's there as an inspirational and then it's also there to share ideas of mine that for a reason they were drugged, you know, yeah. the ideas were drugged. So was I, they're the same. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a wild ride. It's oh, a roller coaster. Sure. It's a roller yeah. coaster, and it's definitely something that takes a lot of courage to come out and say. Because Absolutely. it's not easy. It's not easy whatsoever. And I can totally. And I've only like seen a little bit of it, but from the little bit I've seen, it's definitely a roller coaster. Well, the good thing is that I've showed you the good pieces. Oh really? Yeah. So now <laughs> I have to like polish up like all the other ones to make <laughs> okay. it to that standard. I got yeah, you. But yes. So thank you for coming on. And thank you for having me. We did it. <laughs>